1: Live post game edition of booth review presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now, more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partner, Impossible. And I can't believe what we are about to talk <laughs> about is possible. Mm-hmm. Kansas Jayhawks are 5 0. They are mm-hmm. one win from a goal, bowl game. Mm-hmm. They are 2-0 in the Big 12. And they just held a college football team to 11 points to win a game. <laughs> I am joined from the booth mm-hmm. by Scott Jason.
2: Scott, wow. What a game. Kent, There is I, so much happened. Uh, this was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. I don't know where to start. Um, yeah, I just got back from post-game, obviously talked to players, heard from Lance Leipold. And yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've been in a lot of press conferences, Ken, uh, just k u press conferences over the years. That one sounded more like a loss than a win because it was, well, this went wrong, and this went wrong, and you couldn't do this. The offense wasn't working, and this was weird, and you weren't aggressive on fourth. Oh, yeah, Kansas won. Like Kansas found a way to win this game fourteen to eleven. and and really, I mean, Iowa State got within a field goal, which might have been to Iowa State's detriment that the score was three and not four because of that weird two-point play where Romello Dotson kind of looked back over his shoulder, maybe thinking it was a fake or something. Ken, um, that was a crazy game, and let's shout out the KU defense. This is—I I won't go too long on this—but the KU defense has shown signs of growth in every game. Against West yeah. Virginia, they came out of the second half and got a couple stops that was huge. Against Houston, KU went on like a forty-two-seven run. Half of that's the offense, but yeah, half of that is the defense too. Uh, against Duke, the defense was pretty good situationally. Stepped up huge in a, at the end of the game, at the beginning of the game when KU turned it over on downs. And, and this, by far, the defense's best game. So much to talk about, but Kent, this was a defensive struggle, and KU came out on top.
1: Yeah, and we just got done talking about how the offense has to be B plus the rest of the year <laughs> for them. What do we know? What, what do we know, Kent? Know? I mean, this was one of the wildest games I've I've seen uh, in, in a while. And I mean, the emotion like there's so I don't know. I don't I'm kind of torn between like breaking down the emotions versus breaking down this game. I don't know where all this is going to mm-hmm. go, but this was one of the weirdest games. But and you you kind of said, hey, Lance Leipold kind of sounded you know like, you know, a little bit more frustrated, you know, or, or wanted to critique a lot of things that went wrong. I want to say something really quick. That's been there this whole season. Mm-hmm. That's all been this this whole season. But when the when KU was up, when they won by eighteen in Houston, it was ah shucks, Lance. Well, Lance being Lance, just moving on mm-hmm. to the next. You know, he's really hyper focused on. But like, I think that's just how they're wired. And there was a lot to work with. There was a lot of things that that need to be fixed, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. But KU survived a weird game. And it was because of that defense. i I think mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things at play here. I think Brian Borling called his best game as the Kansas defensive coordinator. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, probably. I mean, that the Oklahoma game was pretty good last year. but i I would say this is this is one of the best. i We'll, we'll get into Brian Borling, but like I think the players executed really well too. Yeah. they i you saw some really good work up front by that defensive line that gets better and better and better every single week.
2: And I think they made some timely plays in the back end. Yeah. Well, Ken, I I thought up front, Sam Burt may have played the best game of his KU career. When's the last time you saw Sam Burt hanging around in the backfield for a couple of like TFLs? I don't, I don't know how many he got credited with. I thought at times Lonnie Phelps was wreaking havoc and getting excited for other guys when he wasn't Jacoby Bryant had an interception, almost had another one. You know, I was, I was talking to guys after the game, just just to get a sense of like, what is it about Jacoby Bryant that, puts him in all these positions. And they said he's, you know, one of the words Rich Miller told me is just like nonstop energy. Like it's just constant. (laughs) Luke Grimm told me he tries to jump every route in practice. And it's just like, you can't run an out route, just like, you know, whatever, warming up on a play against him without him trying to jump it. He said, even if it's a double move and he tries to jump it, he feels like he can get back into the play. You know, Ken, Jacoby Bryant got burned on a play that should have been a touchdown, should have been an Iowa State touchdown to Xavier Hutchinson. And the reason why it wasn't wasn't because Jacoby Bryant got back into the play but because Kenny Logan came over mm-hmm. and made one of the most important plays I would argue of his KU career. Yep. And, and I've said this a, a lot about Kenny Logan. Pro Football Focus numbers loved him last year. A lot of people did. And and he had a, a great season, but he was doing something that isn't realistic for a safety to be doing. He was playing safety for a team that didn't trust its linebackers, that whose linebackers and, and you know front seven wasn't making plays or weren't making plays. And so he was like the fireman. Like when that guy easily nice through the first two levels of the defense, now I get to go and make the tackle. And he did that great. He had a bunch of tackles. But I thought coming into this year, he could make more meaningful plays without having better statistics. In fact, with it having much worse statistics, that's an example of one of those plays where he put himself in position to do just enough to break up a touchdown pass, and yeah, I mean it, it's just one of many plays that turned into you know turned out to be huge plays this game. Yeah, and you know I
1: I've kind of been like I I I don't know if mixed bag is the right word about mm-hmm. Kobe, but just I just
2: you know <laughs> he is a mixed bag. He's but zero or a hundred, Kent. That's think, how he plays. I think I'm at the point
1: where I don't care about the any of the lows. I just mm-hmm. think this kid competes, and he finds he's timely, and he's he's reliable when his team uses him to be his most reliable. And you know, I'm impressed. I'm really, am I'm really impressed with that. With with the growth of the secondary, it's not always perfect, but I think it's a lot better. I think it's a lot better than it was a year ago. And it's still a pretty young secondary, all things considered, especially the cornerback position. Hey, really quick, if you're watching this, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button, please. That helps us grow this channel. Uh, We are really close to 1,000 likes, uh, subscribers on KCSNU. I think we were like 10 away. I would love to get to 1,000 subscribers to the KCSNU channel before the end of the night. Uh we're talking about all kinds of stuff i want to i want to profile one thing here
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh for uh for the kansas defense okay iowa state 30 carries 26 yards less than a yard per carry on the ground for kansas state or for iowa state sorry they are mm-hmm. they were they they did an outstanding job of making that defense one dimensional that was huge that was massive and Brian borland one of his philosophies is you know trying to take mm-hmm. away the one, run try to be one dimensional um i think that i think iowa state actually played perfectly into what what kansas wants mm-hmm. to do defensively because they they did a fantastic outstanding job um you know defending the run but i would try to make hunter deckers beat me yeah. i i and all right, look, I'm not gonna speak for you, Scott, but we had plenty of conversations about Hunter Decker's during the, during the week, mm-hmm. and I was I I was very under like what, coming into this game. I I didn't think like I didn't think he was like a world beater, but about a quarter in, it seemed like glaringly obvious. Like this kid was this kid's got talent, but he is going to struggle mightily to be consistent, mm-hmm. and it was that that was the case the entirety of the game. So we said, hey, limit it. Like I, I, I say it a lot, but I think this is one of the mantras of this defense. Limit explosive plays and good things are going to happen. I think that applies very well to Hunter Deckers. I, you make Hunter Deckers drive down the field consistently, it's going to go well for you. You are going to more times than not force a field goal, force a turnover, force a punt. He struggles to be consistent down the field. Mm-hmm. and that played right into Kansas's you know defensive strategy too because they couldn't get anything going on the run and they had to rely on an inconsistent passer to try to drive down the field and they weren't able to
2: close out drives. Yeah, Iowa State was 5 of 18 on third down. I think that was the final number. And think about how this game started. I I think in the first half Iowa State the KU defense got them into like nine third downs on like three drives or something like that. Um now, that's that's not the benchmark. Obviously, you want to get the other team off the field. But Iowa State was not able to move the ball except for that, you know, that one deep shot with kind of a busted coverage. I mean, or or just a guy getting behind another guy in a double move. Um, for the most part, Kansas kept things in front of them, and, and they played to exactly what you just said and what we've talked about. You know, the quote from Brian Borland that you brought up, if they can run on you, they can run on you, and they can pass on you. And I think you've already seen it from this year where uh, KU has basically said, yeah, we, we're going to sell out to stop the run. We're going to do what we do, whether that's keeping an extra linebacker on the field, even if it means they have to you know, play in coverage. That happened against West Virginia and obviously came up with Craig Young. But they're saying, hey, you're not going to be able to run and pass. So if you're going to beat us through the air, fine. But we have to stop something. And I think that what you said, it, it absolutely played well into KU's hand because Hunter Deckers is not that guy, maybe yet, maybe ever. We'll see. I don't know. But Kent, when I watched this game against Baylor, I saw a quarterback, you know, I made a, a I sent out a tweet. I don't think Iowa State trusts him. I asked Michael Swain about that. It's a lot of underneath. Actually, you see a comment on the screen was was right about that. It's like dead on, underneath wide receiver screens, th- those like one read kind of passes. And any time he had to go to a second look, or any time he had to drop back and pause, you saw panic. You saw uncomfortableness. You saw a KU defense I had like five sacks today, including Lonnie Phelps' fifth, should be sixth of the season. (laughs) Um, He had one against Houston that wasn't credited. Uh, They should go back and fix that. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, the KU defense won its matchups, and I think most impressive, like, they kept doing it over and over. They didn't let their heads hang when the offense kind of kept leaving them out to dry, and I would argue the coaching staff a little bit with some of those fourth down decisions. The KU defense kept standing up. And that was, I, I mean, I was waiting for the the other shoe to drop, right? I was waiting for that back breaking drive where Iowa state just goes down the field and scores. But even if it's just holding them to field goals. Okay. If I told you Iowa state made all the field goals, they miss. Okay. They scored 20 points today. If I told you before the game, Iowa state's going to score 20, you'd be like, sweet K you won easily. So uh, the defense did its job and then some absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, they were, they were unbelievable. And, I talk I two things. You, you mentioned Craig young. Mm-hmm. I hope people understand how valuable Craig young is to this defense. He's a unicorn and you want to talk about being able to, to stop the run, but being athletic enough to defend the pass. Mm-hmm. That's that's the Craig young factor. Oh, and by the way, it's a fitting he's wearing 15 because they're Kyron Johnsoning him a little bit too. Let him mm-hmm. rush, rush off the mm-hmm. edge. They found a. He is just a. He's a, a weapon and a piece to this defense that maybe he's not always in on every single play, but his ability to be on the field in a variety of, of looks and be able to handle a wide a, a big load is so mm-hmm. important to this defense. And I think they're that's why it's letting a team you know, normally you want a team to play left-handed Hunter hundred deckers is a left-handed quarterback, but you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, playing, playing left-handed a little bit, playing one-handed a little bit. I think that personnel grouping with Craig young being on the field just kind of lets them be a lot more multiple, a lot more flexible and withstand a lot of different looks um, offensively. So he's huge. And then let us talk about Brian Borland real quick. Yeah. Brian Borland was, he, he played it smart. And like I and like, you know, they gave up a lot of crossers. I understand that. But I think they were there are two things. heating Hunter Deckers up works. Lots of blitzing. Heating them up works, and they did it. And they did it effectively. They did it with five a lot, too. It's mm-hmm. impressive. Um, yes, they gave a lot of crossers up. Yes, I was state started anticipating crossers a little bit. But I think I think K E was willing to rally to the to the crossers a little bit and forced Hunter Deckers to complete the pass because it was an adventure. So like, <laughs> I mean, it was, like, he completed 63% of his passes, but so many of them were so low, like low, easy throws, easy completions. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I was very impressed just with the defensive plan, the defensive scheme. Yeah, I know they missed, they missed three field goals. Fine. They, they missed, they they make them all fine. You held Iowa state to 20. That's yeah. still an outstanding job by Brian Borland in this defense. They did everything that they were supposed to do in this game. And the offensive side really didn't kind of you know do what we're kind of used to. So,
2: Yeah, well, two two points on Brian Borland. Um, one, I, I was talking to a couple of the defensive players after the game. I asked Sam Burt what he just thought about Brian Borland. And, and the, the point he made to me was like, Brian Borland sees people kind of just starting to get it and get what they want to do defensively. And Rich Miller made a really similar comment. He's like, he said in fall camp, they were just kind of, they knew at some point it would click. And this doesn't mean that Kansas is going to be the best defense in the country or the big 12 or anything. I,
1: I don't know, Scott, I think this is a defensive team now.
2: <laughs> it may, it sure. May be the sample, I mean, 25% of their games, the defense or I guess 20%. Now the defense has won it for him. <laughs> exactly. But he, he said he was expecting it to click. And, and Rich Miller said he, he felt, felt like it finally did. But also one thing that, that kind of goes under the radar, uh, K, KU subs a lot, probably more than most teams defensively. You look at the the participation reports after the game, and it's like 25 guys log 20 or more snaps on defense. And sometimes it's frustrating, right? You're like, keep the best players on the field. Keep Lonnie Phelps on the field. Keep all these guys, you know, Craig Young, everything, playing all these extra downs. But when Iowa State, one of their – really long drives. I don't totally remember which one it was, but I know they didn't get a touchdown on it because it was in the second half. Um, As it was going and KU kept subbing and there was a stoppage and then they thought Jacoby Bryant got an interception and then he didn't. And then it was a field goal. They kept subbing the whole time. And I made the comment to someone sitting next to me up in the press box. I said, normally you just see it be backbreaking at a certain point. I think I would converted maybe two or three third down, fourth downs, whatever on that drive. Like at a certain point, you just see the defense drop. And then all of a sudden, those long completions start. But because of how Brian Borland does it and getting fresh bodies in and changing it up on the defensive line and changing up defensive backs and all these people, like, I think it allows KU to stay fresh. It allows them to kind of hang in there. And I think that's why you've seen defensively, they I would argue they've been better in the second halves of games as compared to the first half. It seems like they've grown through the game. So I think that's a huge building block, too. Like, you're seeing a, a huge number of guys just start to make plays defensively. And that's a credit to them, too. But Ken, I have to ask you about the offense. I have to ask you about Jalen Davis. I have to ask you about KU because look, the fourth downs were rough. Um, I thought Iowa State played Kansas well, but man, I, I think Kansas left a lot out there, especially a couple deep balls that I think Jalen was just a little bit off on.
1: So I wanna separate the I wanna separate the fourth down decisions and all that stuff with the mm-hmm. offense. Yes, offense missed some stuff. I I mean Jalen Daniels missed a couple passes. He's gonna want back for some big explosive plays. One in Quentin Skinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember who the other one was t- too. But it was they had a couple deep sh- deep shots that he's gonna want back. Luke Grimm was the other one. Tried yeah. to throw it the back line. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was an athletic throw, just 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 a little bit off. They, I mean, just a couple times, just a little bit off. Um, I think you mentioned in the press conference he said he he missed a couple. He he, he thought he kind of he he missed some missed some stuff there. I think it might have been run in pass because I think there was some give reads that he might have wanted to 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 pull uh, and, and keep the ball because I, I think there was a couple. But that's a Look, that's a credit to Iowa State. That that defense is legit. And yeah. we talked about this going into the game. That defense is legit. They are a very, very good defense. They were a very difficult team to prepare for. That's one of the things that people don't really take into consideration. People talk about, hey, like the triple option is really hard to prepare for in a week that defense, that front is really hard to prepare for Mm -hmm. really, really hard to prepare for. And I mean, it was, they only ran 46 plays. They ran 46 plays on offense. Jalen Daniels only dropped back 14 times. I know people were freaking out about the early down runs. KU was averaging four yards per carry until the last possession. And it was, it was tailing off towards the end for sure. But like, I don't think Ke was too far off from continuing to start getting some of those drives down the field. Mm-hmm. It was disjointed and there was a lack of rhythm. I think is the big thing that I noticed. I just, it felt very, it just felt like there was a big lack of rhythm. They're getting behind the sticks at inopportune times penalties, getting them behind the sticks at opportune times mm-hmm. in opportune times. But like, I don't know, like I'm not just, I'm not worried about the offense. It was just a really, really rough performance.
2: Yeah, I think it was a tough game. And I also thought a couple things like popped up, right? Like there's the the play that I know people, you know, people were a little fired up about like when Jason Bean came in on the third down and then they didn't go for it on the fourth down. The, the other thing to remember is this is a lot of stuff that KU's been doing all season. Um, I, I don't know about you, Ken. I feel like I have a really good tendency read on KU. Um, I feel like third and medium uh, KU runs it ninety percent of the time, knowing that they're going to set up fourth downs. You know, Lance has normally been aggressive on fourth downs. They use those downs to give themselves a chance at another play to go and get it. Um, you know what? I, I, I thought there were a lot. There were there were a lot of plays that were there that maybe they didn't hit the right guy or see the right guy or the pass wasn't completed or it wasn't the right give read versus a you know a keep read whatever but I also thought there were some things I was surprised KU went away from. I thought some of the option plays actually worked pretty well that I was surprised they went away from. Um, I I thought maybe, maybe something with the running backs, maybe when Daniel Hyshaw went down, they didn't necessarily feel the same way about how they could move the ball. But um, I also thought the drop back passing game, you know, late when they they were backed up, they gave Jalen a chance to throw after running it. I don't know how many times in a row and he got a completion. I think it was to Mason Fairchild that moved the chains. It comes back you know, due to penalty. I, I just thought those opportunities were there, but I'll also say this. I, I responded to someone uh, on Twitter with this too. I am not a, like a second guess play call guy, because at the end of the day, the same play calling concepts that have allowed Kansas to put up 47 points every week mm. are the same ones that took place today. I think other teams adjust. You have to adjust. You have to figure out what works, what doesn't, especially in the flow of a game. But I came away less, like, I, I'm not concerned. I think that you said something similar. I'm not concerned with Jalen Daniels. I'm really not concerned with the KU offense. Um, I, I, honestly, I'm not even that concerned with Lance Leipold on fourth downs because he kind of took ownership for it after the game. Like he kind of was like, yeah, I was a little too conservative today. Maybe, maybe I could have done a better job and been a little bit more prepared to go with that. So I, I guess my concern level is low. Um, it's just a weird place to be in, to come off a game like that and be like, that was kind of rough out there, but you uh, did find a way to win.
1: Real quick, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. We are right at a thousand subscribers on KCSNU. We're five away. So if you hit the subscribe button, you're helping us grow this channel. You're helping us get to a thousand subscribers, which is big. The like button helps as well. And the comment helps as well while we're watching this show. It all helps this channel grow. Please feel free to do that. Um I do want to talk about. How many little...
2: away did you say? How many we are?
1: I, I'm looking right now, we're five away.
2: Okay, so the same number of games that Kansas has won in a row.
1: I was, was going to say sure. one for every one for every Kansas win, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, all right. We've talked a little bit about the offense. I think it's time to talk about some of the decision making, though.
2: Can I defend yeah. Lance Lyput a little bit here? Oh no, I I'm okay with most of the decisions. To me, the fourth and three at the forty five is inexcusable. I, I you can't punt that football.
1: I all right. So I had a problem. I'll okay. I don't think Lance Leipold is an is a non aggressive coward the way I have seen him portrayed on Twitter and it's driving I mean, me nuts. Yeah, I know people are very emotional and excited about the fact that Kansas has a real <laughs> football team and it's incredible.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think Lance Leipold is a coward in the slightest. I think he is very good at communicating with his team and with mm-hmm. his offensive staff because he's mentioned it in the last couple weeks. Hey, me and Andy are in communication about fourth down, about, you know, hey, if it's third and six and hey, we're going for it here on fourth and three. He is very good and very aggressive, I think, largely with the fourth down decision making. I had the the one I had the biggest problem with in this game was was the field goal. Yeah, the field goal was tough. And the field goal was the one that like that one, that was the one that kind of bothered me the most, but mm-hmm. again, it's probably, Hey, we're game planning here. 50. I would guess 50 might be the line for Brochilla. like literally the line, like if it's fourth and five from the 40 or, you know, from the, whatever it is to 33, the, the 33, mm-hmm. it might've, it might've been a, it might've been a fourth, fourth down call. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, that was the one I had the most issue with. I don't think, I mean, it was a little bit more on the conservative side. I don't disagree with that. And the one thing that I, the byproduct, I think, of the decisions, like, I don't think that they were egregious decisions. They were all iffy calls. And in the iffiest situations, I think he maybe played a little bit on the conservative side. I think that might have taken the offense a little bit out of the rhythm. Like that's where some of like, I think they might've been able to string together a drive with one of those fourth down decisions. And that's where I get a little bit that, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. I I can, I can see the side of it too, but the only one I really had a ton of issues with was the field goal.
2: The only reason the fourth and three bugged me was because they ran on third and six. Uh, It was third and six and then fourth and three. And Lance even said after the game that they were prepared to go for it on fourth, one, two, three, not so much on six, seven, eight. So I think that's one when he looks back on, he'll think he probably should have gone for, but I will say this in defensive Lance Leipold and fourth downs. First of all, Lance is an old football coach who used to really not like going for it on fourth downs. And then a few years ago took in some more of the numbers and the analytics and became a lot more open to it. And you've seen that at KU he's been a lot more open. Even last year was incredibly aggressive last year and earlier this season. Now what I think people are conflating is KU had a couple of high-profile fourth downs this year that they did not go for. I think both times up eight at the end of games, at the end of the Duke game, and at the end of the West Virginia game. And so I think people remember those, and then they look at this game, and they say Lance doesn't go for it on fourth downs. But I, w- I would say like 80% of the time this year when it's been like a 50-50 call that Lance has gone out of his way to go for those fourth downs. And, and I think he's made it a point to to try and, and play a little bit more aggressive with this offense. So I think that's a credit to him. Um, I, I did again, I will say also in of him, the worst fourth down decision in this game did not come from the KU sideline. It came from the Iowa State staff at the end of this game. And I, I think that's a decision that would bother me a lot more that if KU looked at it a fourth and one in that situation, when you have the chance to go play for the win and avoid overtime, avoid KU having that last drive on the other team, I think those ones bother me more. But yeah, I don't come away from this game thinking Lance Leifold doesn't know how to make a decision on a fourth down. In fact, what I really came away from this game thinking was KU left a lot of points out there on the board and there were some of those opportunities to maybe kind of force the issue more but I think Lance also looked at this game and thought it was more of a low scoring game and on his field decided to be a little bit more conservative but I don't think that's a base for him I don't think he's afraid to be aggressive
1: not at all I have not had a ton of issues with some of the decision making and over the course like yeah it's and these weren't clear cut all the time either like these were definitely like Some more 50 50 kind of decisions. I don't think they were egregious ones. They were ones that you kind of have to, you got to navigate a little bit. The, I mean, the, the offense, I would have liked to see them. Like, I would have liked to see there's like, I think one of the fourth and fives you talked about. Yeah. It would have been nice to see if the offense could continue. Cause I think the, I think the momentum of the offense was actually, the rhythm of the offense was actually kind of there and it started to slow down pretty bad after that. I mean it really did kind of i mean the offense just it struggled mightily throughout the day they tried to run some of the wide zone stuff this week didn't really work and that's one of the things i was a little bit worried about is like the the way iowa state plays is they kind of force you to run to the edge they try to make you throw it run to the edge if you can't get downhill which i mean KU had some success didn't get downhill at times you know but you know it's it was it wasn't too bad for me personally just Mm -hmm. i mean They'll get there. They'll get there. um
2: They got a fun game coming up next week too. Ken, <sighs> five and zero though. Can we take a second? I we got to take a second to talk five and zero, please. Right? Well, I, I don't even necessarily have anything beyond they've got seven shots at a bowl game. like Yes, they, they, they are. They are looking down the barrel. And, and look, I know people may or may not actually go back to two thousand nine. They started five and zero. Then they didn't finish the season well. Now injuries played, especially with Todd Reising, played a lot to do with that. They played hurt. They played banged up. It was a tough you know, kind of stretch of games down the season. But look, this team, which first of all brings a lot of people back for next year, that makes that even more exciting. This Eyeball five emoji. This team's 5-0. and o. This team has looked, has survived every test, has won games different ways. And again, I would argue the defense, this isn't the first time we've seen signs of light from the defense. Like if you want to just like stat sheet watch and be like, wow, they gave up 600 yards and a billion touchdowns. Yes, then KU's defense is bad, sure. Situationally, they have had to make plays in every single win Kansas has had since the opener and they have done it more and more every week. So for this team now to be five and zero, to be looking at seven opportunities to be two and zero in big 12 play with seven huge opportunities in a conference that I think we think top to bottom is really, really even given that Oklahoma has lost twice. Kansas state has some big wins. Texas lost to Texas tech. This is a very even conference. And for Kansas, like, Six and six is the first goal, right? You you got to get absolutely. that six win. You got to get six. You, you just made it yeah.
1: extremely easy to get to six. Like I, they're gonna pull one of these next seven out.
2: Absolutely, but this allows you to dream even bigger. Mm-hmm. I think, like, absolutely. I'm not I'm not saying this team has to go nine and three and be in the Big Twelve title game, whatever. I'm just saying this one lets you dream bigger. This one lets you think about, yeah, hey, Kansas is five and zero, oh, and Kansas has beat some really solid football teams and has a couple of Power Five road wins. Kansas is gonna be ranked. Game day might come here next week that might be old takes exposed by the end of the night. I don't know when they decide these things, but uh, this just allows you to dream bigger and and really I I don't even know what to do with this Kent. 5 and 0 is insane.
1: I'll I'll be a little spicy here at the end of this Kansas oh, football no. post game show. <laughs> I think Kansas should be ranked higher than K-State this week. Hmm. I think you I think there's a little they're right up against each other people got hot in the moment for the Oklahoma win that really doesn't look all that impressive anymore, and Kansas doesn't have a loss on their name to Tulane. The If we want to talk about the uh, Tulane versus Houston game last night, and this isn't the best argument, mm-hmm. but those teams were very evenly matched, mm-hmm. and Kansas bopped one of them at home, and the other one, K-State, lost at home to the other one. So I'm just, you know... I think the resume looks better for Kansas at this point. I think, yes, they were a week late in the polls, but Ku KU's resume is better than K-State's now. I don't know if K-State's going... To, I don't know if... I think K-State's the better team, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. candid, but I think Kansas' resume deserves to be ahead of K-State's right now, inarguably. So I hope the polls make a correction for their grave mistake last week <laughs> and put Kansas... Uh, firmly in the top twenty-five, along with TCU.
2: Yeah, can can I make one last point before sure. I got to get out of here and yeah. before they they pull me from whatever booth I've found my way into in the booth? Um, Kansas, I thought I thought there were a lot of distractions for Kansas to deal with the last two weeks. More than a, there was ago.
1: there was way more distractions than I thought there was going to be this week. By the way, please continue. I'm sorry, yeah. I was just stunned by. It. I thought it was going to be a little bit more tame.
2: When we talked on Tuesday, I felt the same way. And then every person in the, pro, any person who's ever said the word Kansas, I mean, I think Arkansas was getting interview requests just because they saw Kansas as the last like six letters of it. And they were like, oh, these guys must be Jayhawks. No, well, I mean. Close enough. <laughs> yes. They're like, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, Bobby Petrino, what did you think about that? Anyway. um, Yeah, that Kansas had a lot of distractions. Kansas had so much going on like outside the program quarterback, Jalen Daniels doing a million interviews, Lance Leipold doing a million things, players in the program involved with this, they're going to sell out I, this whole thing downtown. And that stuff isn't bad, right? Excitement around your program is good. And I don't want to make it like it is bad, but it adds another layer of like mentally where you have to be to go out and execute and play in a game. When so much stuff is happening, you know how much people care. You know, I, I ran into Jalen Daniels family on the way into the stadium today not literally. Um, I just like said hello. Um, they were all wearing their, their Jalen Daniels jerseys, but um, uh, they were so like chill and low key and calm. And I, I asked them a couple questions about Jalen, and they were so like, they, they were so grounded. And I think that's what you've seen a lot of a lot from a lot of this KU team. I think that comes from the coaching staff. I think some of the players are there, but I also think some of them were pretty juiced up by this and pretty excited. And for them to control that, that collectively the team to kind of control the emotions to not get down and out, um, I I just think that that speaks a lot to where this team is mentally their focus, their mentality, even while mistakes were made offensively to not hang their heads, to not make the backbreaking mistake, to not let offensive stagnation turn into a horrible pick six to not let the offense punting the ball a billion times turn into a a defense getting gashed. I think that speaks to where KU is mentally. And I think that's huge.
1: I said before, like right before the end of that game, it was something like, you know, like the steps that this program has taken in such a short amount of, of time. It's remarkable what this team has been able to do in a short amount of time. But a game like Iowa State closing out a game like Iowa State like that was kind of a, another big step that kind of lets like, like I think that you said it's, it lets you dream, Scott, like that is exactly right. It lets you dream a little bit because you slogged a game out when you had you didn't play your best. You dealt with a lot of adversity and you still found a way to pull it out in a big game against a good football team. That's a good football team with a really good, difficult defense. That's going to get a lot of people problems this year. Yeah. So I am I am really excited uh, that this that this team's still five and zero. It's a big deal. It's a really really big deal. Another uh,
2: sellout coming, I think, next week. By the way, oh, uh, I, w- I would expect three straight.
1: Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to see Lee Corso in Lawrence, Kansas next week. <laughs> uh, Scott will be at the booth. I might wind up at the booth. I don't know <laughs> at this point probably have to go at this i mean at this point th- that's going to be a really fun game there will be a i the 14-11 might be the first half score or first quarter score i mean first, like, that, first two
2: possessions of the game it'll yeah, be 14-11 so, we'll be wondering how
1: so yeah both teams like it's just it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a an absolute it's going to be insane thank you mm-hmm. to everybody that's been watching please hit that like button please hit that subscribe button happy to say during this show we hit 1000 subscribers if we don't stop the show, I could keep going because I have a lot of thoughts. We'll be back on Tuesday, so mm-hmm. hit the subscribe button. We'll get all kinds of analysis on Tuesday. Scott's literally going to get kicked out of the booth if we yeah. don't end this show, though. <laughs> so we got to get out of here. This has been Booth Review. Thank you to everybody that's watched. Kansas beats Iowa State 14-11 to to advance to 5-0. and Rank them! <laughs>